When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Friday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call this the tailgate. My name is Chris Plank. Thank you so much for subscribing and downloading. You know, we we aim to be number one is the goal. I don't know if we'll ever reach Joe Rogan or PMT levels, but our goal is to try to be number one in the Learfield family. So we're chasing you, Bubba Cunningham, North Carolina, and uh, obviously you Sooner fans, the Sooner Nation, continuing to spread the word of the Sooner Sports Podcast, continuing to share it on social media, uh, and continuing to download makes all the difference. So a, a true heartfelt thank you to kick off this podcast as the tailgate gets you ready for OU and Texas Tech. Now, uh, we've got a very busy show. I don't know if it's going to be our longest episode. There's a lot of guests, I guess you could say, in, in short pieces I caught up with Toby for a couple of minutes. Uh, we're taping this on a Thursday to just kind of get a what we learned from this week. So that's coming up with Toby here in just a bit. Uh, Jessica Cootie is really kind of been, I, I don't want to say spearheading because you, you, you don't want to you know just say one person. There's a lot of people involved, but she did the sit down with Baker Mayfield. And now if you hit up Soonersports.tv, you see that uh, it's all Baker, man. It is it is full on right now and trying to make sure that he gets the coverage that he deserves 
and that the rest of the country truly understands the incredible numbers that he's put up. So we'll talk to Jess uh, about Baker Mayfield. And it was interesting as as Jess and I started our conversation, legit, as, as soon as we clicked the mics on, the 2018 football schedule was released. So we'll get her perspective on that. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, she had not even seen it. So I kind of go through it and, and we'll run through that coming up here in just a bit. And Baker Mayfield, Orlando Brown Jr., Oba Okronkwo, all from our Monday press conference. Uh, Sherry Cole is going to join us, the head women's basketball coach. Uh, They've got an exciting event. Well, as this drops, their exciting event took place last night, but they've got excitement surrounding the season, including their opener, their exhibition game, a week from today. And then if you stick around uh, this morning, As part of our network pregame show, we had a chance to talk to Cliff Kingsbury. So I'll share that with you to wrap up the Sooner Sports Podcast. So we are are loaded. We are ready for OU Texas Tech and arguably one of the busiest Saturdays. Well, actually, it started last night. One of the busiest Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday stretches that we'll have. I'll share this with you guys. I found it kind of interesting because in addition to the game, the football game on Saturday, which has so much going on. Look at this lineup. All right. So last night you had the women's basketball showcase at the LNC. Coach Cole coming up in a bit. Uh, You also had the red white scrimmage that took place for wrestling. Tonight, you've got the raw rally at the Lloyd Noble Center. Tomorrow, you have every single thing that surrounds homecoming. Plus at high noon, we've got a men's basketball exhibition against UTA at the Lloyd Noble Center. At two o'clock on Saturday, we have volleyball at home. And then of course, you have all the excitement around the football game. Then on Sunday, the softball team will be taking on Arkansas and we're going to uh, put that on Soonersports.tv. So it'll be streamed. So as you might imagine, it's a pretty crazy time but it's a fun time and we wouldn't want it any other way. So let's get after it, shall we? Catching up with Toby Rowland, let's ask that very simple question. What did we learn from our coaches' shows and our coaches' interviews and our players' interviews and everything heading into Texas Tech? What have we learned this week as we get set for OU and Tech from all of our coaches' corners and coaches' shows? Has there been anything that's kind of caught your attention this week? I think that... Uh, you know, barring something happening in practice this week, OU goes into this game as healthy as they've been in a while. Well, I think Abdul Adams is going to be back. Uh, I don't know about Romar, but I think he's close. And um, and everybody else, I think, is is pretty much good to go. So that's good. Obviously, there's been a lot of focus on last year's game. And uh, from the defensive side of things, they would love to make amends for how that all went down. Uh, so that's been a big focus this week. And then you've got you've got all of the OU and Texas Tech ties that um, is fascinating on both sides going into this game. You know, uh, not just Baker, but Lincoln and Ruffin and Biedenbow and Dennis Simmons and Cliff Kingsbury and on and on and on. So it's an interesting game. I think it's a very, especially considering how it played out a year ago and how the OU pass defense has continued to struggle this year. Uh, it makes for a fascinating game on Saturday. And I, two things that you mentioned there. Uh, if you go back three weeks ago, I can even remember talking with Chad, Chad McKee, after you guys got done with the press conference. I'm like, hey, what you guys learned today? He goes, we don't know who's playing. You know, whenever Jordan Thomas had his injury, to see how they've been able to recover is a huge deal. 
And then, Toby, to see the legend of Baker Mayfield continue to grow this week, uh, he was the number one rated quarterback by PFF as far as draft eligible quarterbacks by six points over, uh, I'm sorry, three points over Will Greer out of West Virginia. To see that he didn't even practice, and if you read his article at Soonersports.com, he didn't even throw really that much until Saturday morning. And when he started, he said, oh, this isn't good. I mean, it's incredible to see him then roll out of the rack and throw for 400 yards. So I think it's kind of exciting to see that legend continue to grow and he's back at practice. They need week. a good performance. Yeah. They, they need a complete performance on Saturday night because the stretch they're about to go on here is difficult, very difficult. And they need uh, confidence. I mean, they, they got to get some defensive confidence going. I think they found some in the Texas game and then – Gave it back in the Kansas State game and then found it again in the second half against Kansas State. And, you know, it's just up and down like that. They got to find some, especially against a team that can throw the ball. Man, if they could come out of this game and feel good about their pass defense, oh, I, you know, I, then I would believe they could win the rest of them. Play action. Deep drop. He's going to take a shot across the middle. Marquise Brown's got it in K-State territory. Spins away. Down the near sideline. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, and he's down to the 7. Well, one thing we learned is that Baker Mayfield is playing through pain, and he's doing so at an elite level. Baker was named the Big 12 Player of the Week, the Offensive Player of the Week for the third time this season. Broke the news to him, too. Instant reaction right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Does that mean something to you? Um, I think it shows, you know, my supporting cast is strong. I think, you know, I wouldn't have it if the offense wasn't playing lights out in the second half. And also the defense giving us enough opportunities to do so. And so, um, yeah, it means a lot to me, but it also means that we had success on the field and we got to win. All right, let's, we'll, we'll get to the defense in a second, but I'm curious. Did the delay do anything to you guys? Did it affect anything as far as, obviously it was only 30 minutes, but how did you kind of kill that time and did it factor at all? No, I think, you know, a delay like that gives a team an opportunity to either handle it the right way or, or kind of, you know, get down and go to sleep. But but for us, it was one of those bonding moments. Um, so, um, you know, we came together as a team and we were ready. I think, you know, we handled it well. And so I'm proud of the way our guys, you know, handled it. I guess we had a delay before and afterwards. So they kind of equaled out. But with that said, you kept everyone up. This has kind of been your mantra since you came uh, on board at Oklahoma. How important is that to you to stay engaged with everybody on the bench? Not just your offense, not just your offensive line and your receivers and backs, but everybody up and down that bench. Um, and that's been the biggest thing for me is, you know, realizing how, uh, you know, we've had a lot of ups and downs this season so far. You know, yeah, we're fortunate enough to come out with wins, but for us playing the best we possibly can be, I'm, I'm, I need to push everybody on the team, not just my guys and worry about that. I need to be a leader for everybody. And so, uh, you know, even if that is a bigger responsibility, I'm, I'm more than capable enough and, and I'd love to do it. You running the football, was that part of the game plan coming in or was it something you guys saw in Kansas State's defense on game day? Uh, you know, it was part of the game plan coming in. We knew that they'd give us some opportunities on some zone read schemes and stuff like that to, you know, maybe get some yards out of me. Or that's why we kind of had Kyler in there. He's definitely a lot faster than I am. But uh, yeah, we, we we saw some things preparing throughout the week that you thought we'd have an opportunity to do so. Shoulder doing better. How much time do you need during the week? You think to get ready for game day? Uh, I don't know. But come Saturday, I'll be fine. That's <laughs> that's all I need. <laughs> And then a final question. What is it? I, I think we've talked about this before, but what do you need to see in a receiver to gain trust? Again, you see Marquise Brown stepping up, having a big game. Heck, Michael Jones had a couple of big uh, uh, catches on Saturday. What do you need to see in a guy to gain confidence? Um, you know, it's, it's about them making plays. And then uh, more importantly, I think when plays don't go their way, 
or the way they, you know, would have wanted them to, how they react. I think for me, it's you, you never have your head down. You keep fighting. You keep swinging. So we've had guys that, that Marquise and Michael haven't been, um, you know, as consistent throughout the year. They've made great plays, but on Saturday they were consistent and they kept going. They just had that attitude. So for me, that's just you want to put the balls, the ball in, in guys' hands like that. So I mean, it's you feed the hot hand and the guys that they really want it more than the other team. You want to give them the ball. Orlando Brown Jr. I've said it a lot. I've seen a guy that has stepped up his lead leadership on the sidelines, uh, in, in incredible talent. I mean, this is going to be a guy that I think is in that Trent Williams mode. He's going to mold and mode. He's going to have a long NFL career. And for him, uh, getting that W was important as it was to step up and make sure that everyone was on the same page. How impressed were you with the way that this defense righted itself in the second half on Saturday? Oh, uh, very, very impressed. You know, obviously we uh, hold ourselves to a high expectation, you know, as a team. And, you know, I was glad the way, you know, those guys came out there and fought hard in the second half. How about that other running back we saw out there, Baker Mayfield, 69 yards rushing. That was pretty impressive on Saturday. Yeah, man, I haven't seen him do that in a while. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, I don't know if it's a challenge or maybe you can explain it. When you have different running backs, do you block differently? I mean, is it the same mindset that you would block for a Sutton as opposed to an Anderson or a Sermon or whomever? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, for us up front, it really doesn't matter who's in there. You know, our job is to open up the holes and, you know, get on bodies and put bodies on the ground. And no matter who the back is, you know, that's what we're going to do. Did a good job at Kansas State. Those were uh, those were some guys that never gave up on Saturday defensively, weren't they? Absolutely, man. Very physical. You know, a lot of a lot of energy. You know, everybody has a motor. All eleven guys were getting to the ball. It was tough. Speaking of energy, you kept that energy up on the sideline, and you and I have talked about. It. We talked about it in post game, but that's been an area where you really feel a lot of personal growth as a leader, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think it's my job to be vocal. You know, and to go out there and lead by example, and you know, I'm just trying to do that to the best of my abilities. I know we talk a lot about Bobby Evans Jr. on the opposite side of you. Still impressed with his growth, aren't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I mean, he's made a ton of strides, and, you know, he'll definitely be a first-round pick. And speaking of guys that maybe we don't talk about enough, how about Eric Wren and what he's meant to that O-line? Oh, a lot, man. You know, I mean, we, we, you know, obviously I'm a leader, but, you know, I lean on him for leadership. You know, I lean on him for, you know, understanding assignments and things like that and the communication. Uh, You know, I mean, he's all we could ask for. You know, he's there for us. And then a final thought. How do you feel about this team going forward now? Texas Tech on Saturday, bedlam around the corner. I feel like this team's playing some pretty good football right now, don't you? Yeah, and, you know, obviously we still got a lot of work to do and a lot of strides to make to beat these great teams that we need to go about the play. And Obo Okronkwo, one of those other guys that's playing through pain right now. Uh, obviously, Obo felt good about the way the defense adjusted in the second half to what Kansas State was doing. What adjustment really caught your eye that really helped slow down Kansas State in the second half? Um, just being able to get off blocks and make plays. How much of a challenge is that to challenge your guys? Because... Again, that's more of just a, a physical. That's more of just man-on-man, man, right? Yeah, um, it, it was just, uh, I guess, an, our guys played with another, you know, another edge coming in from halftime when we were down, and, and, you know, we had to win. You know, we had to come take it from them. So it just brought out another dimension to our defense. It's about the second or third time this year where you've gone into a game you're not sure who's going to be at quarterback. Does that affect anything from a preparation standpoint for you guys? Uh, no, um, just because we prepare for – for anything, you know, um, we prepared for, for 16 Ertz being in there or, or Den being in there. So it doesn't really affect anything. You and I have talked a lot about leadership this year and how you've stepped up and you've improved from a vocal perspective. And you're always, you've always been a lead by example guy. How important was it to keep everyone up on Saturday night? And was that a challenge at all? Uh, it wasn't challenging, but it's very important just because I like for me, I never thought we were out of the game, like not for a second. And I just had to make sure that mentality was contagious. Can you take us through what it was like to see Parker get the strip? JT get the pick 
and kind of get that turnover thing train going in your direction. How did that feel for the guys? It felt good just because, you know, I felt like things were getting back to normal, you know, seeing Stephen Parker make big plays. Stephen Parker and JT make big plays, you know. That's just what, what you expect already from them, those guys. So it was good to see them get going, get rolling. You're able to do a lot of multiple things on defense now this year. So take me to that other side real quick. DJ Ward, guy that's been just waiting for his opportunity. What have you seen from him this year that's really helped him find another level? Oh, he's just been able to step up and just play free, you know. He just, he knows the game so well. He's a technician. He knows, like, what's happening before it happens. He's just been able to play fast this year. And then you get a chance to get Imani Bledsoe back, and it seems like he's made an instant impact. How good can this kid be? Oh, yeah, he can be really good. Um, Like I've I've said it before, like in the preseason, that Imani, he's really, he brings another dimension to our defense because he's like a real physical guy. He can push the pocket really well, and he's just, I don't know, he's a little different than the other guys that we have in the room as far as what he can do. Um, so him, he, he'll get better week by week. I know for you, you want to take every snap, but when you get a, a blow every now and then, it's Mark Jackson Jr. I love to see the way that he tries to learn. Is he a sponge when it comes to trying to soak up as much knowledge as he can? Oh, yeah, definitely. He's a sponge. He knows both uh, Sam and Jack position. He's a real, like, real smart dude. Uh, he plays really smart. He's coming along really well. And then uh, overall, to get that win, to come away with a W in a hostile environment, Oba, what does that say about this team? Yeah, we're resilient. You know, we're going to fight to the end. Um, we, we never believe that we're out of any any game whatsoever. We're going to just keep fighting. OU, Texas Tech, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock with the kick. We'll be on the air with the OU Radio Network pregame at 5 p.m. Stick around a little bit from Cliff Kingsbury coming up later on in the podcast. But right now, let's focus a bit on 2018. On Thursday, the schedule was released, and Jessica Cootie and I kind of went through it and gave a few perspectives before talking about the aforementioned Baker Mayfield. The Sooners will open up on September 1st against Florida Atlantic and we assume Lane Kiffin. That will be the first meeting between the two teams. Then on September 8th in Norman, it is the UCLA Bruins. Sooners lead that series three games to one. They have outscored the Bruins 97-27 to in two meetings in Norman. Then on September 15th, we're going to Ames for a showdown with Iowa State. Sooners will be looking to avenge this year's loss up in Ames. Uh, September 22nd, home against Navy, only the fourth time in school history. Those two teams will play. And September 29th, against Baylor, five games in September. Jess, so far, you like it? Yes. October 6th versus Texas in Dallas. And then the Sooners' bye will be October 13th. All right, so there we go. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six games in for the first bye. This year it was after four, I think the year before, maybe after three I kind of like getting a few more games in before the bye, especially with a young quarterback. How do you think that plays out? Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, you know, they'll always say, obviously, you just got to take what the schedule gives you. But right. I know that they were in, they were really ready for a bye week this time around at four weeks in. So they'll probably be really ready for one six weeks in. All right. So October 13th is the bye. Then the Sooners will come out of the bye and travel to Fort Worth to take on TCU on October 20th. It's then Kansas State. Your The TCU game's on your birth. Oh, my gosh. Jess's birthday in Fort Worth. There we go. Uh, October October 27th, home against Kansas State. The road team has won six of the last seven meetings. We're heading to Lubbock, 
Well, and by the way, that wraps up the October schedule. So October 6th versus Texas, bye week in a, on October 13th, then at TCU on the 20th, home for Kansas State on the 27th. Then, Jess, in November of next year, at Texas Tech, so we're in Lubbock to start November on November 3rd, then Bedlam is November 10th, followed by a home game against Kansas, and then a short week to travel to Morgantown to play West Virginia on a Friday night. What do you think? Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's crazy. So this is... It's, it's hard for me to think about next year when we're still like about to hit the big kind of part of this schedule. Correct. Um, it's crazy that it's already out and we're already talking about it. But um, yeah, that's a fun schedule. It was funny because whenever... I was getting ready to talk to Cliff Kingsbury this morning. I noticed that Texas Tech had released its schedule, and I saw they opened up with Ole Miss. And uh, then I got a text that was like, hey, you need to check Soonersports.com. And as soon as I did, boom, there it is. And and again, to be clear, it, we know who they're going to play and where they're going to play in conference every single year. So that <laughs> that's not a big surprise. It's usually the dates when they fall, uh, if it's a non-Saturday or just even sometimes a non-conference opponent can raise a little bit of a surprise. But I'm with you. It's hard to look ahead whenever you have really the heart of the 2017 schedule, a big one this weekend against Tech. And my goodness, Jess, next weekend is Bedlam. Where did this season go? It is absolutely crazy that we only have five games left of the regular season. Like, absolutely. This has been the fastest I feel like it's ever gone. It's. It was funny. I was yesterday. We finished taping the coaches' corner, and Zach Tilly, who's our producer this year, I said, "All right, so I need to. Can I look at the schedule real quick?" And when I looked down and saw there was only like four more shows, it really hit me. And and to see that there is only what three more home games left, it really hits you that we're very much down the home stretch here. And Jess, we continue to marvel at what we see from number six. There's an awesome, very lengthy article that. Baker wrote, which kind of laid out just how dinged up he was heading into that Kansas State. Uh, He wasn't able to throw until Friday morning, and even then, it was just a little bit. And whenever he woke up the next day, he really hadn't thrown. And when he went out before the game, he was like, this doesn't feel too great. But power throw it, threw for over 400 yards. I mean, this dude has Heisman candidate written all over him, doesn't he? I mean, I just don't understand why he's not, you know, I mean, he's Heisman hopeful, everybody talks about it, but then you read, you know, articles and, and people having their picks, and he's not people's picks to win it. And I'm just like, what is going on? Because he is, you listen to the broadcast, and it's, he's the most important player to his team. He's the, mo- he's the best player. And so it's just like, it kind of blows my mind that there, it, it's not like it, we weren't, we aren't talking about Baker Mayfield like we were Lamar Jackson a year ago. And I get there's other, I, there's other phenomenal performers and athletes in college football that are deserving of the talk as well. But it's just like, to me, I feel like, and I guess maybe I'm biased, but I, it's like a no-brainer to me at this point. With that said, you've, been, uh, you've talked to him a lot. There's the feature that's up. Obviously, he's taking care of business off the field. Jess, what, on the field, what can we look for off the field? Well, the, the feature that kind of came out today um, – or actually, sorry, yesterday. Um, again, kind of like a Players' Tribune type piece. Um, there's going to be um, a few of those come out, so you can um, keep your eyes out for those. But, um, you know, kind of just talking about him and his journey, it's, 
you know, a year ago, we kind of had a feeling he was coming back, but, you know, this is it with Baker Mayfield. And so, you know, he's become probably one of the most um, well-liked and uh, Sooners of all times. And, um, you know, just what he's done records-wise and, and how, you know, Sooner Nation has just fallen in love with him. So, you know, we, we really wanted to kind of do it right and send him out right. So we've got some pieces coming out and the one up, this week is, is on um, him being a competitor. And so, um, yeah, we got some some few video pieces to go along with that written piece. It's uh, kind of the Players' Tribune type piece. And uh, talking about his arm, how um, that doesn't get enough credit, and, and that's the biggest chip that he's played with is um, that people have doubted his arm. We've got a, a little video in there from um, the defeated um, um players and coaches from teams that he's beat talking about how he's the best player in college football. And, um, then just kind of him talking about winning and, and which, you know, it's been out there, but kind of more in his own, um, kind of terms and, and his own words talking about how much he, he really despises losing. So that's kind of the first piece and it's out yesterday. So it's all over social media. You can check that out. These are really cool. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch all the pieces. I, uh, I'm not a very good reader of long form Jess. I, I, I think it's like my ADD kicks in or something, and I'll end up clicking something else. But uh, every Sooner fan, every college football fan needs to do themselves a favor and take some time to go read what Baker wrote. It's it's thorough and it's incredible. And these video pieces that I know you've worked hard in putting together, as has the whole SoonerSports.tv staff, Jeff, uh, Jess, it really helps to tell a story. One that I know some of us have heard quite a bit, but one that it never hurts, I think, to really, truly go back because this is one of those guys that I don't think we're truly going to embrace how much he meant until he's gone. Exactly. I mean, and then you just hear, you know, again, his teammates talk about him and and you kind of just, I think, especially after that first year, he comes out and, you know, he's so fiery and then you hear his teammates talk about you you know, we see what he does and it makes us want to play hard. And then I think, you know, a couple of years go along and then you, Oh, that's Baker. But you know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty incredible what he's done and, and how he's um, led this team for three years and how much, how well he's um, just adored in that locker room. And, you know, from defense, offense, freshman, walk on, no matter what it is, all walks of life. You know, he's, they respect the heck out of him and, and he's just, um, I don't know, just uh, infectious and man, he's, he's put his heart and soul out there for, uh, Oklahoma football the last three years. So it's been pretty special. Jess, before we wrap up here, I wanted to go back to last night. You and I had a chance to be a part of a really cool event. It was broadcast live on Facebook. I was I don't know if people care about the overall numbers, but I was pretty blown away by the overall numbers for him. Uh, it was an incredible night. It was a, a fun experience, and I think it was one in which both sides did some incredible good for not just uh, not just for the charity involved, but for so many fans to have the opportunity to see the cause they were fighting for and to see how hard they were working to try to try to raise awareness for it. Yeah, what I thought was really neat is. The fact that, um, you know, they started, they had the goal of $10,000 and then by the um, 
the game started, they were already at 13,000. And then by the time the game ended, they were at 22,000 between people donating during the Facebook live broadcast. And then also the home run derby that, you know, uh, was donated money for every home run that they hit. So yeah, outstanding. They, you know, doubled what they were hoping to help get a therapy dog for OU children's hospital. It was a great night. It was fun. I think they've got a good format going on with the five innings and then the, um, you know, the, the home run derby and the players really like it. Um, I mean, I had the best costume, I, I got to say, <laughs> but um, it was fun. In motion, Marquise Brown. Baker hands off to Anderson, swarmed in the backfield, gets away, gets to the corner, 20 to the 15, 10, 5, it's a touchdown! I just don't know, and I think this is the case probably with every single great player and not just college football, but the NFL, baseball, you name it. You don't really appreciate how great they are until they've either retired if it's a pro sport, been traded, or graduated. Consider this. Baker Mayfield, pro football focus is they they do a lot of different stats. It's a very uh, in-depth site for diehard football fans that love the numbers. And each week, they've given an overview of the top draft-eligible quarterbacks. And Baker Mayfield, with an injured shoulder, one that on his first throw, he wrote about thinking, oh no, this isn't necessarily going to be as easy as I thought, graded out as the number one quarterback of the draft-eligible prospects in college football. Here's what Pro Football Focus said about him. Uh, Mayfield continues his dominating season with a near-perfect performance. His passing map showed throws at every level and every depth, including deep throws traveling 20-plus yards where Mayfield connected on five or six attempts for 178 yards and a touchdown. His work-off play action ended up with video game-like numbers, completing 51% of his passes for over 300 yards. Mayfield was able to use his legs effectively for big plays. His Russell Wilson-like style of play is finally gaining serious talk as the potential top quarterback in next year's draft. Now, if you listen to this podcast with regularity, this isn't a surprise to you. We had Benjamin Albright on last week, and he's, he has Baker Mayfield number two behind Sam Darnold, who many have talked about, oh, he's the next franchise quarterback, blah, blah, blah. So at least from this perspective, Baker's starting to get some of the respect that he deserves. I'm talking about with NFL scouts and with the numbers being as impressive as they are. Great stuff. Uh, Great stuff from Jess. And obviously an incredible time to be a Sooner fan. 7 o'clock Saturday night, OU and Texas Tech. It's also an incredible time to be a women's basketball fan. Season getting underway. We had a chance to catch up with Sherry Cole. And obviously it's got to be a little bit odd to look and see players who have been so integral, so key, and seemingly so young their whole career as seniors. Coach Cole breaks down a roster. What was the offseason like for you personally? It was great. Uh, we had a very productive summer. Uh, we were getting two freshmen acclimated to what was going on. Our third freshman was overseas playing with Team Canada in the FIBA World Championships. So Shana wasn't here in June and July, but Mandy and Anna really got up to speed. And when we started in the fall, it was as if those guys had been with us and weren't just freshmen. And I give a lot of the credit 
uh, for that. Obviously, Mandy and Anna are are tremendous learners, and they were diligent about getting reps and seeking information. But our upperclassmen spent a lot of time uh, bringing them into the gym on their own and, and getting them acclimated, and they knew that, that we were going to need them immediately. And so as we go through fall practices, it's really – it's really not like we have three freshmen in terms of uh, what we're trying to do on the floor. They're caught up with terminology. They're caught up with our offensive concepts, with our defensive rules. Where they're behind are the the reps that allow you to accumulate the wisdom because you don't get that except through experience. So those are catching up. But uh, all three of those guys are, are going to be big assets to our team, and that's due in large part to to the productive summer that we have. And and I can't really talk about offseason without talking about Brett Franz, who is our strength and conditioning coach, who uh, really is an expert in performance. That's that's where he excels in, in helping them build the mindset and, and creating a regimen that allows them to build conditioning and build strength and build flexibility and, and build agility without tearing them down and, and in terms of being physically run down or exhausted or broken down. It's a very um, ascension type regimen that he creates and as a result we've got uh, pretty healthy minds and pretty healthy bodies I'll knock on wood about that because we got to keep both of those intact body by Brett man doesn't get any better than that. body by body Brett, by Brett. Uh, I you know whenever I've had a chance to travel with you guys quite a bit over the last couple of years and you develop these relationships not just obviously with the staff but with players and I can't help but uh, almost you know look at it and in shock and even get a little bit uh, emotional thinking about a Gabby Ortiz being a senior. Uh, Maddie, you know, I, I don't know if we can somehow find another year of eligibility, but obviously <laughs> being her last year. Vivi, I mean, these are some pretty impactful players, Coach, in the history of this, of this program. And I know guys like myself, fans like myself, can get caught up on what they've meant, but boy, it really sets things up to be a pretty special season with experience like this, doesn't it? You know, um, one of the great things about women's basketball is you have them all for four years. Uh, and, you know, the kids are here. They're here for four years. You, you get entrenched in these relationships, fans, media, even opponents. Uh, and Bill Finley and I talk about this all the time. I'll be like, I remember when Poppins graduated. And I was like, you know, we go back and forth with these players because we <laughs> compete against them so much. Right. Um, four, four years is a long time. And you build these relationships. You watch kids grow. And that's the thing. It seems like just yesterday, Gabby was popping in here from Racine, Wisconsin. And um, now she's going to graduate in the spring and, and go on to whatever life holds beyond that. And I, I think as, as I look at it, all three of those kids, Gabby, Vivi, um, Maddie, and then Nisi Williams is also a senior. Yeah. And I got to pause to talk about her right here because um, she may be one of our most impressive players. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say from April of last year to today, the latter part of October, uh, she might be our most consistent on a daily basis of uh, having the mindset, um, putting in the effort, uh, performing, checking the boxes of performing, um, all those things. It's just been, you know, kids grow and they, they there's like a maturity meter and it, it just clicks over and it, it crosses the line and then Boom. I remember the day it happened for Lanisha Caulfield. She was a junior in college. I did, I, we laugh about it now. She sent me a picture last week of her little daughter doing cheerleading. I'm like, Nish, come on. Wrong sport, sister. <laughs> get, that, get that skirt off that child. But um, she, I, I remember we laugh about it. Like As a, as a sophomore, I thought, this kid, I'm going to pull my hair out over this kid. 
And then that maturity meter just went click, and she showed up in her junior year, and boy, we had, you know, she played for national championship uh, in her in her senior season. So uh, it, it's fun to watch kids get to that point and to know that, that you helped in some small way uh, create an environment that allowed them the room to do that. But Nisi's been, she's been terrific. And uh, for all four of those kids, they, they've done the work to put themselves in a position to be incredibly impactful this year. And it's up to them now to kind of close their, their hand around the thing that's sitting in the palm of their hand because they've done the necessary work to put them in a position to excel. Now all they have to do is take it. You know, you had mentioned, uh, Brad, I wanted to talk before we promoted tonight, Coach, a little bit about your staff because now that, that, that see where that continuity that you guys have had and TK and, and Jan's been there with you since about day one. Pam uh, has, has been a consistent theme and obviously guy keeping everything together, if you will, as the director of ops. Can you even begin to put in words what that consistency means for those around you? I mean, it's just, it's got to help make things pretty fluid, I would imagine. It's, it makes for a fantastic working environment, there's no doubt. Uh, the thing that probably is best from a player standpoint is that you're getting the same message everywhere. It's being delivered in different ways because we're all very different individuals, but um, the message is consistent. You know, we had a, a changeover in our, our training. Uh, Carolyn Loon is no longer with us, and Brittany Merrick is now, and that has been seamless, and I credit Carolyn for the, the smooth handoff and, and Brittany for the, the swift acceptance of it. Um, but those types of things um, where they can be glitches, where things can get lost in the, in the, in the cracks and where uh, messages can get a little crooked and uh, the, con- the consistency that, that a fluid staff uh, has together, uh, it's super important for our players. Carolyn was awesome. I finally got a chance to get to talk to her and get to know her last year, Coach. And uh, I'm glad she's uh, I'm glad she's able to spend a little bit more time around her kids. But as you said, these these are people behind the scenes that maybe you don't talk about on broadcast, you don't watch highlights of, but they're so crucial to a team's success. There's no doubt. Uh, every person who's associated with our program helps establish the environmental air that our players live and breathe every day. And that's part of what positions them for their success. Without it, they have no opportunity to be positioned for success. They either have to bring it or they're not going to get it. And this is, this environment that we have is through Emily and Kelsey who, who help us run the office office and take care of all sorts of projects through guy and Ethan. Ethan does an amazing job with the video work and you never, see him really or yeah. or anybody ever really talks about him but the internal things that he produces for our team um they, they i have no value there's no price tag you put on those because all those things are directly influential in the mindsets of our players which i don't know at this level that anything's more important than uh, what's in your head when you go out and take the floor ready to perform the only name behind the scenes we missed out was colton but he knows he's pretty awesome so we'll look. I just want to say this. Uh, I love calling women's basketball games. As it stands right now, I only have one assignment, and that breaks my heart. Um, I think that they are fascinating. They are great people. You heard us talk about so many of those involved, from TK to, to Pam to Coach Gian. I mean, they're, they're incredible people and everyone behind the scenes. And I think they're going to have a great season. Jump on board for the ride. You can get tickets at Soonersports.com. And, of course, we'll see you Friday night at the exhibition game. I want to wrap up with a little bit of Cliff Kingsbury. I had a chance to catch up with the coach, and I asked him 
What does he feel like has been the biggest key to his defensive improvement here in 2017? I think just consistency um, on that side of the football. We've had Coach Gibbs now for three years, and he's starting to develop a culture and identity on that side of the ball. And we're not where we want to be, but we've made big strides defensively. And you know, we have ten of uh, the eleven are underclassmen starting on that defense, and so hopefully we can continue to build and improve in that area. Have you been impressed with what you've seen from Nick Shimanek taking over this offense this year? I have, I have, you know, as, as a guy who's, um, this would be a six start, uh, actually eight start, um, this season and in, in his career, I think he's gotten better each week. Um, you know, we, we had a struggle last week offensively, but he was efficient and, and he's making good decisions and, um, really carrying himself well. And I think he'll just get better as the year goes on. I love this TTVE that I've seen from some of the guys, Texas Tech versus everybody. And I know that everyone wants to play with an edge. Coach, what do you need to see from these guys to get that edge back that hadn't been there the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think just uh, confidence. You know, I felt like we let our disappointed West Virginia loss um, beat us again against Iowa State and, and we didn't have the same intensity, same focus that we had the previous five weeks. And, we got to find that again, and, and we have a great opponent in Oklahoma, and I know it would be a very tough environment, uh, but I'm looking forward to the challenge. Have you seen the response in practice that you would want from these guys this week? I have. I think they understand that we let an opportunity slip last week and, and didn't put our best foot forward, and moving forward, we want to make sure that each week, uh, you know, these five remaining opportunities we have, that we play our best football. I, I would imagine in most businesses, you have like a portfolio, like in the radio business, you have a resume reel. Uh, 1,708 combined yards of offense last year. That's got to go like on some sort of offensive resume reel for anyone out there, Coach. I know that it's going to be a different feel this year, but do you still kind of marvel when you look back at the tape from last year what these two offenses were able to do down in Lubbock? Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I hope to never see anything like it again. I think, uh, you know, for me, it was a unique perspective having worked with Baker and then and obviously worked with Patrick. I, I knew you know, the talent level was through the roof with both those guys and to see them both on their game um, to that extent, it it was pretty remarkable. Is it kind of crazy too, to look on the opposite sideline and see so many tech ties uh, with, with tech grads like Lincoln uh, to see coach McNeil, who I think was there when you were playing uh, to see coach B and then obviously Dennis Simmons. How unique is that coach to have so many guys on the opposite sideline with ties to your school? Yeah, all those guys have been really good to me. Um, a lot of them were coaches at Texas Tech when I played, and obviously I knew, I've known Lincoln a long time. So um, I'm happy for their success when we play each other. Everybody's very competitive, but they're all great guys, and uh, they've been a lot to me during my playing time. What has been the key for this defense to force turnovers? You guys are currently the national leader in turnover margin. I know part of that, Coach, is you guys taking care of the football, but we talked about defensive improvement. What's been the key to forcing turnovers for this defense this year? I think just an emphasis on it and then, um, you know, having some of our younger players grow up and understand that Coach Gibbs' uh, philosophy is taking the football away and he'll put you in positions to make those plays and we got to make them. As I said, not necessarily our longest episode, but an action-packed episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast. From Toby, to Baker, to Orlando, to Oboe, to Jess, to Coach Cole, and to Cliff Kingsbury. Everyone have a great game day. We'll see you back here on Tuesday with the game plan. And until then, tell a friend to subscribe, Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Reach out, thank our sponsors, the good folks at Allstate, the Riverwind Resort. And until Tuesday, everyone have a great weekend. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.
Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.